Hi, Podditors. I hope you're all doing okay in this very strange and uncertain time. But I guess it is kind of the perfect environment to be listening to podcasts and staying in and snuggling up. And this episode is a special one. It's when are we living our best lives? And it is with the wonderful blogger, author, soon-to-be podcaster, Lucy Mountain. And the reason I wanted to pick her was because this episode is in collaboration with The Sims, which is a game that I've played since forever. And to be honest, I'm probably going to be reintroducing more regularly to my life if I am going to have to be self-isolating in this current climate. Uh, And the reason I speak to her is because she also loves The Sims, but she also being a fellow influencer has sort of created her own life and we both have managed to be really in charge of what we're doing with our world. It's kind of mad being in the position that we're both in and I absolutely love it and feel very lucky every day and I wanted to speak to someone else who perhaps feels like they've really got so much autonomy and agency in what they're doing so the conversation is just about kind of growing up on social media creating a career out of that the kind of highs and the lows of doing that um how we feel generally in life what we've learned over the years and just general chit chat we did record it in lucy's flat as all the studios in london that i use have been closed um because of what's going on so there might be a bit of beeping or a bit of noise and i hope that that's not too distraction distraction distracting sorry um and i hope that you enjoy it anyway but yes as always please do rate review and subscribe bye Hi guys and welcome to Adulting. Today I'm joined by Lucy Mountain. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having me. We're actually at yours. On my little <laughs> on my sofa. So for people who don't know who you are or what you do, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I am, I guess, like a fitness influencer person. Um, but I, yeah, I live predominantly on Instagram and I do training programs for women who are feeling nervous about lifting weights I do do the whole Instagram thing as well. Um, and that's kind of like, they're like the top level notes of what I do. Yeah. Um, but I, ultimately my platform is to kind of help women feel less weird about diet culture, less weird about exercise, less weird about food in general. Totally. And this episode that we're doing is in collaboration with The Sims, which I actually, one of the reasons I asked you to come on it is one, because you love playing The Sims. Love it. But two, because you have created a role which probably when we were at school wasn't a thing and like the jobs that we have now weren't jobs when we were growing up and we very much have created a life for ourselves that that you couldn't have imagined no five years ago ten years ago no so what compared to what you thought you were going to be when you were like 16 how is your life different I very much so when I was 16 I did the whole thing of I don't know what to do so I'm just going to be a teacher because that's all the job I've known and been around every day um so I did everything I needed to do to become a primary school teacher did the placements got into uni doing primary school education and then I think it was my first week I sat down in class I remember being surrounded by everyone in like their pencil cases and folders and just being there like I don't want to work with children I don't like I don't I don't want to work with children I don't like them I don't want to like I don't want to because it's such a hard course as well primary school education is so intense and I just sat there like I need to I need to change I need to move on to something else um so I called my dad and I was like dad I need to change to a different course and I changed to my new best friend who I'd known for a week I changed to her course which was media um but I'm really grateful because at the time I I felt like very lost and like I don't know what the hell I want to do but I knew I was I always felt quite creative I knew that I loved like video work influencing obviously wasn't 
really a thing then. Um, but that doing that kind of led me to what I do now, mm. which I'm really grateful for. But at the time, like my dad was like, what are you doing? And they're super relaxed, but he was also like, Lucy, what are you doing? <laughs> I think all of our careers tend to be such like happy accidents because at the age mm. of 18, no one's going to know what you're going to be. Mm. Like, I'm so glad that I fell into this. And I do feel like I've ended up kind of where I should have been in a really roundabout way. Yeah. But I don't think that we're given enough tools to know how many jobs there are. Like, the older I get, do you not find out about a job? And you're like, oh, my God, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Even now, every day. Do you remember in school, though, as in if your school did this, you'd do, like, a test, mm. and it would, like, give you a list of jobs that, like, you should apply for based on what you put but in. I jigged mine to make it say doctor. Like, I on purpose <laughs> answered it in a way so it would be like, <laughs> you're going to be a doctor. Because it was like, you could, like, cheat it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because if I didn't, I, I don't know, I was just like, yeah, I'm definitely going to be a doctor. I yeah. never did that. Don't know why I, did I got, that. like, jo- like geographer. Did you? I don't there's some shit of like being outside like the mountains and like some of my like most intelligent friends would get like really non-academic jobs like really like labour labour jobs yeah. and they were like how has that come out of that yeah. so when it comes to like your work that you're doing because it is really creative mm. and it's interesting that you say that you love making videos because you do especially like your ad content it's always really creative I actually fucking hate Shantar doesn't matter actually it's my podcast I hate that kind of thing stresses me out, like the production side of things. Mm. When, how did you get into that? Do you think it was because you enjoyed playing games and stuff that you had an affinity towards that kind of creation? Yeah, like it stems back to Pixo. Uh, do you remember Pixo? No. Oh, I think I'm like two years older than you, so maybe you missed the boat on Pixo. But <laughs> I used to like design my own little websites, like back in the day. I'm not talking about coding, it's like... It would be, like, a, within a platform. But I used to do... So I used I to think, pay... Yeah, so for sure, it did stem from them. But I think, obviously, now, like, winding the years forward, the reason I loved it... Because I, I really love doing brand content. And, yeah. like, when I get a brief through it, I'm like, yes. Um, I love it because it's almost like a mini art project. Mm. I'm like, how can I do this brief in my style? I think I've definitely got a style which I use to then mould around brand work. So... I think when you have a style, it's easier. But there was a period where I would, like, you know, I'd do the classic blogger thing where it's like, right, I'm going to pay a photographer to take pictures of me in the street in a sports bra. I, like, that was that was, produ- that was producing content. Yeah. That's what you'd have to do to be a fitness influencer. Whereas now, like, I can't imagine anything no. more terrifying or, like, more point... Like, it would get no likes if I did that. And also, um, what you do is actually really creative. I find that sometimes... I don't as much anymore, but if someone said to me, like, you're a content creator, I'd be like, mm, I'd take a selfie... Yeah. And then I post it on my Instagram, like, I don't think that's content creation. Because yeah. I think what you do really is really creative. Like, your videos you do and your food comparison things. And, like, you properly set it up. It must take quite a lot of time. Yeah, I, I do love it. Like, for example, one of my favourite brand contents I did recently was with Sveti Betty. And I put the plum... Is it plum bot? The, you know, the, the, the green thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I put that on top of my head. And I really love that. Because I, I learned that. a new skill doing it. I know it's like a TikTok like filter now which I'm really annoyed about oh is it so you could have done that really easily yeah I could have done that now but like I it's it's good though because you kind of learn new skills and you know I try and make it fun for people to watch because let's face it our content can be so boring yeah so boring and yeah okay so let's take it back to when you first started your Instagram and and you were did you Mm. did you start off as the fashion fitness venues was that your original name it was on Tumblr, and it was Fashion Fitness Food Official. Oh, um, love it, yeah, honey. <laughs> and then I remember, like, I remember scrolling, when I moved on to Instagram with it, I remember scrolling through some someone's account, and I realised that there was someone called 
fashion fitness food and her account was fucking sick it was so nice really? I was like I can't I can't have this name so I changed it to the fashion fitness foodie um which I hated like since day one um and then I changed it to Lucy Mountain only like a few months ago but I love that it was the fashion fitness foodie because that was kind of what we all I don't know why but all of all women we are like the same generation of the different ages. Like that's kind of like all we wanted to talk about was fashion, fitness and food. I don't know why it was such yeah. like a cultural thing, wasn't it? Because yeah. we would be like, oh my God, I go to the gym but I also have wear like really Spot nice bra. top top Joni jeans. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then like whatever oh else. God, those jeans, I fucking love I remember those. being really jealous that that was your username because mine was the tiny tank. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. it's, so, it's so restrictive. Like I can only talk about fitness. <laughs> And like, I feel so, like, restricted with my Instagram username. Oh, honestly, it was so ridiculous. I would get so hyped up. I remember we'd, like, have a whole conversation on our group chat about how, like, I felt like I really couldn't, like, move away or talk about anything else. And it was so ridiculous as well because, obviously, no one really gives a shit. Like, yeah. it, it might yeah. impact you, but you kind of... You sent... Remember once I was DMing you and I was like, I don't understand. You'd put a meme and I was like, I don't understand this. Was and it, it was about, like... <laughs> you'd posted it on your screen and it was like, you you get trapped in your own creativity. Yes, like, yeah. And it took me, for some reason, I kept yes. reading it wrong and I couldn't understand what it was. So it was like, we, as women, we create these tiny little, like, pens yeah. for ourselves. And then we complained about being trapped inside our little, like, yeah. weird pen. But yeah, like, it, I 100%, I felt like that for sure, like, maybe three years ago, because I was much more, um, when I was doing just for you comparisons and infographics, it was like, everything had to be so perfect. Yeah. And pictures of me had to be, like, the perfect lighting perfect shade of white in the background and like it, yeah I felt very like tied to it I yeah I used to feel so tied to it as well and I think like now I do like a different now mine's really varied so I feel like that's so much better for me but it was quite a funny you would get so hyped up with this idea that you had to do this exact thing when actually like no one was telling you you had to no do that you just you just thought that yeah no one literally <laughs> no one cares. Knows this shit. yeah but when you very first started out like what was your what was your aim with your page when it began? Because I think we had, like, a similar journey of um, awakening to talk mm. about things in the way that we do now. Because I mm. feel, feel like, did you all start off quite as very much like a dieting page? It was, like, my very, very first post was, I think it was, like, it was, like, a magazine. It was my first few posts it was almost like writing as if I was a magazine, and I didn't say who I was. I was talking about like fitness topics and I made like these weird graphics it's very odd I have to like I'll pull it up for you at some point and show you but then eventually it became more about me my health journey hashtag my journey um and yeah it was the thing is in my head I always felt like I was so switched on and so like balanced and healthy Mm, Um, but I think you always do to a degree you always feel normal in your head but looking back at the post like it was like so many problematic things that I was saying um and you know it's just the nature of having a platform and sharing as you go but yeah I was very much about like clean eating you know really like a fearful of carbohydrates but Mm. that it wasn't it didn't feel like it didn't feel restrictive at the time I was like this is just normal yeah I'm supposed to feel I'm supposed to not eat pasta and that's fine yeah totally and the irony was I used to post these like really long captions about how I was so balanced but at the same time I've like gone to the gym twice that day and was eating like egg whites yeah but I would write the longest thing and I would mean it whereas now I will I live such a balanced vertical lifestyle where like I really do like not restrict anything but I would never talk about it because I'd be like it's not I can't I'm you do it well because you really toe the line really well I too I'm too scared to talk about food it's so political now why because I feel like no matter what I say, 
someone's gonna get triggered like mm-hmm. and a bit like you were saying like you did a post the other day and you were mm-hmm. kind of like trying to encourage people to to see like it's fine to eat a chocolate bar like the mm-hmm. serving sizes I never read a serving size but when I do I'm like oh this, yeah. I've just eaten like a family of fives yeah of, like what's a share bag also yeah. the air now like there's nothing yeah. in them but you were saying how people will always find something to get mm-hmm. pissed off about and I think with food because it's so personal like we all have to eat mm-hmm. people will always have an opinion yeah when did you decide that you were going to focus on the food bit? Because I guess that for a while it was just predominantly food and the fa- the fashion and the fitness weren't necessarily there <laughs> as much. Yeah, no, but it never, re- never really was. I think the fashion thing was like me, like wannabe fashion blogger, which never happened because I wasn't cool enough. But like, yeah, the food stuff, I think it definitely stemmed from the culture of, you know, take a picture of your meal. It's just easy content. And then I think uh, as I unpicked and uncovered these kind of like myths around nutrition. But when I was uncovering these myths, right, it was still under the veil of diet culture. So it's still like, you know, oh my God, I'm going to eat this chocolate bar because it's 20 calories less than this one. Yeah. Guys, like this one, you can eat this chocolate. Like this chocolate's actually really yeah, good yeah, yeah. it's 20 calories less. And it was still under this veil of like, still pretty fucked up. Um, but I was so into it. But then I got obsessed with kind of unpicking that. And it just, it was kind of like my inner narrative and, like I say, I was doing these infographics, the infographics kind of shifted and changed. And it was a really slow journey. And I think, you know, even now, there's still, I, I, I'm I'm under no impression that the way I view food now, like in five years time, I'm sure I feel differently yeah. again. Yeah. And I think it's always an ongoing journey and it's never like, okay guys, I made it through. I'm out the other side. I feel so cool and balanced about everything. I think you're always because your life is always changing, you're always going to have to try and adjust and your relationship with food will adjust accordingly as well. Um, you know, my, I I haven't drank so, like, it sounds awful, but like, I drink so much nowadays. And Alcohol. I didn't, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I didn't like, you know, it's since being single, obviously, but like, if you're going on dates, you're going out more with your friends and you're just generally happier. I find that I drink so much more. And that has been like a bit of a weird thing for me because I'm like, oh, actually... If I drink, my diet's changed now because I drink a lot. Yeah. And then the next day I don't feel as good and I'm actually having to be a bit more like, oh, maybe I should not get totally wasted on a Wednesday as much anymore, you know? Yeah. And it is funny, but we all kind of went, there's like a group of that, like influence, I feel, who all came up at the same time and had the exact same arc of a journey with food, where we were all really orthorexic and pretending to be really healthy. Yeah. And then everyone suddenly was like, oh, fuck, this is really bad. And now everyone's sort of like, yeah, we still go to the gym, but we just don't want to talk about it that much. Kind of like yeah. over it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But you touched on lightly there, like about being single and stuff. And we've kind of talked about, I guess, how you created a career and how it's so cool that you get to pay, you're p- being paid to do stuff that you really want to do and it adds value and it's great. But how does your life outside of your career, how has that changed? Like, how do you feel like you've grown up in a way that you maybe didn't expect? Do you feel like you're the woman that you would have expected yourself to be? Are you happy where you are? I'm so happy for sure now I mean it's I've had like such a weird year but I think when I was in fact it was when I was leaving uni I definitely thought I was gonna be like with my uni boyfriend Johnny and we were gonna get like a flat in Nottingham and like we were gonna buy it and like probably have kids by the time I was 25 um obviously that none of that happens and I got a job in London I was like see you later (laughs) um but yeah I mean I I never viewed myself as someone who 
for example, like with the knobs community, I would always shy away from anything which meant that I was in charge. And to, to a degree, I still do do that. So briefly, for people who don't know what knobs is, it's oh, your yeah. no BS, which is like your online... It just starts off as you saying that you're a no BS... Yeah, it's like no bullshit. Yeah. And it was more like my brand was like yeah. no bullshit. And then it adapted to making a Facebook group for the people from Instagram so everyone could talk to each other. And then it became Team Knobs. And then from there, it's just like, existed. Yeah. Um, but we meet up, like, we're meeting up this Saturday and going for brunch and stuff. So it's, it's re- a really great community. But with Knobs, I, I, I wouldn't have ever viewed myself as being able to manage a community because I just don't want to be... The, like, for example, now, if I'm going to go out for dinner, I don't want to pick where to go. I'm like, oh, can someone else just pick? Because I don't like it. And it's such... It's always been such a massive part of my character, but... You know, a few years ago, I would never have thought I would be self-employed, mm-hmm. making money for myself and relying on myself to make my income, living by myself and having a community that is kind of centred around what I do. It's so weird. H- how do you feel about it now with the knobs? Because obviously I feel like you and your ex used to do it together. Oh, so have yeah. you just completely taken it over now? Ooh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'll pick it up for you. There you go. <laughs> Bit of like <laughs> text, texture in the background. Um, yeah, so we started together. By the way, like... You know, managing, doing a business together with a partner is the thing that everyone says, don't, like, don't do yeah. it. And we already worked together in the beginning, but we were like, let's do a separate business together. Um, and, you know, for the, however long it was, a year or a year and a half, it was really good. And we made something really special. We did our two workout plans together. It was great. But then when you're living together, working in your actual day-to-day jobs in my old full-time role with him, and then having a separate business on the side it's so hard to see that person as like, you're my boyfriend and I'm your girlfriend. And, you know, when you're out for dinners, when you're so motivated and excited, you're like talking about, oh my God, we're going to do this and we're going to add this. And you really lose that kind of romantic side of your relationship and you almost become business partners rather than what you started out as boyfriend and girlfriend. So that was a real shift. And when we split up, I had like a month and actually it sounds so embarrassing I got a life coach, right? Because, and I know it sounds like the most privileged thing ever, but I needed to spend that money on myself. And I decided to get a life coach because I was like rock bottom with my confidence. I was like, I can't do this business by myself. I I can't do it. I physically can't do it. But I also knew that I needed to show up for the community still and continue on. So I got this life coach, Wendy. And um, she really helped me. And she literally was like, it's just basically someone being like, you can do it, just mm-hmm. do it. And when you're freaking out and you're going through all the motions and also like managing a breakup at the same time as trying to keep going with the business, it's really hard. Um, so yeah, it was mad, but I'm so thankful, you know, I did that. I'd, breakups are literally one of the hardest things in the world. Like I've had two or maybe three big breakups. What is that beeping? I don't know. I think it's like, <laughs> it's a truck that's turning around. Is it going to... Okay, hopefully it won't. Anyway, um, <laughs> I've had, like, so many big breakups, and they actually are, like, there's, there's something about a breakup that is, like, the hardest thing to get over. Like, whenever anyone messages me, and I'm sure you get it all the time, but loads of people always DM me when they're going through a breakup, and, like, yeah. what do I do? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what to say, but you just have to wait it out. But they're so much harder than... They sound like they're really trivial, mm-hmm. but they're not. Mm-hmm. It's like someone dies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's interesting, you were saying, like, you were in a relationship at uni, which is kind of similar to me, and then you went into a relationship, and then now you're single, I guess, for the first time in a, in a while, and you're yeah. being more independent. And are you enjoying this time of having 100%. the freedom? Because I, like, I mean, I'm seeing someone now, but 
I love dating. And I think after every breakup, you emerge as like a new version of yourself. The version that you kind of always knew you wanted to be, but felt like you couldn't be mm. when you were with that person. So it's so fun going like going on a date and being that person after the breakup and being like, no, this is me now. This is my life. And this is the person I am. And it's almost like with every, I find... I think in my longer term relationships, I will always lose myself to a degree. Yeah. I just do. And I don't know if that's just who I am or just the nature of long term relationships, but I struggle with that. Um, and I think now more than ever, dating, you know, seeing people, I I, I just love it. Because I'm like, I can just be the person I want to be. And whether they like it or not is like on them. They can, you know, they have to take it or they don't. And that's yeah. it. I think you're so right about, um, I've definitely been in relationships where it's been like codependence, where I've like literally lost my whole self and had no personality left mm. and was like a product of this environment. But I think every relationship you do lose, you obviously lose a bit of your, not your identity, but you lose a bit of your freedoms, mm-hmm. and like even your time the way it's dedicated. But I think you can like guard yourself against it. Like in my relationship with Matt now, you seem to have got such a good I feel like I'm just so myself. But at the same time, I still know that obviously you still don't have the same level as you do at freedom and it's really bad but because I've had so many bad breakups every time I've had a breakup I've like leveled up and become better yeah. so if Matt and I ever break up god forbid because I absolutely adore him I'm like well I'll just be better yeah I'll just be yeah. because I think I something same. happens where because you're then like you're given all that free time back like it feels really sad and then suddenly mm. you're like a phoenix rising out of the ashes mm-hmm. and you're like oh, ta-da! and it's, then you're like reborn addictive. I was so the guy <laughs> like honestly I was having this conversation with the guy I've seen the other day and he was like what would you do if I ghosted you right now and I was like because he's like, he's like, I'd be, he's like, I'd be absolutely feeling if he goes to me. But I was like, I feel like if he goes to me, and I can say this hand on heart, like it'd be shit. But I'd just be like, okay, yeah. And and you know, you work through it and you get over it, and then you just become stronger. And mm. I think I always view breakups as getting stronger. And if if someone I know is going through a breakup, I'm always like, this is so exciting yeah. for you. Like honestly, I know you feel shit now, but in two months' time, you are gonna feel so yeah alive. And it's also because I think like. <laughs> Now I'm. I always think with anything with any of my friends, anything happens. If it doesn't work out, I'm like it's not meant to be. So you just yeah. can't get hung up on it. Like they're not. There's no point chasing. I think when I was younger, I used to like chase things, and I feel like I've done a lot of growth. And I feel like, and I wonder if you'll feel the same way. But weirdly, being on Instagram, I think that's like made me a better person. Yeah. I think because you're like. First of all, people trust you. And, like, when I first started, I used to reply to every DM. So when I had, like, wow, a few okay. thousand followers, not, like, you wouldn't get loads, but you might get, yeah, like, five yeah. a day. And I just used to speak to people for hours. Mm. And having that access and that responsibility and people feeling like what you said mattered, meant mm. what you said and the way you acted mattered way more. Yeah. It was quite formative to me growing up. Did mm-hmm. you find that that impacted you? How old were you when you started your Instagram? I was... I mean, I've been doing it for, like, seven years now. So it was, like, my early, early 20s. But, yeah. I So I, I used to do, like, the whole DM thing. And I remember going to, like, blog events and everyone would be like, I applied to all my DMs. And it was, like, such, like, a prestigious <gasps> thing. So true, that? yeah. Like, I applied to all my DMs because I care so much. But, like, to a degree, when someone is DMing you, that's part of your time. And it's so mm. nice to connect. But I find if I if I am in my comments too much or if I'm, you know, scrolling other people's pages and getting too involved, I... I lose my mental energy so fast yeah. and it really depletes me. So in order to, for me to have a good, happy mental health day, I can reply to a few messages. And it sounds, I hate saying that because it's like, guys, I get, you know, so many messages and I can't reply to all of them. And it sounds like really wanky, but I think you have to maintain like a healthy relationship with what you give and what you put out. Yeah. And it has to be a good balance. Well, I know, I, 
I think it's such a tricky one because I do think I've, I've got so many things to say on this. First of all, I agree. Now what I do is I do a post and I'll either, like, for 20 minutes after that post, reply to the mm. comments or I'll go, okay, 8 o'clock, I'm going to go back onto the post and yeah. go through the comments and reply. But with DMs, I very, like, invariably don't answer. One, because you start off a call. It's not like you can reply. Mm. It tends to end up being like a conversation. You can mm. get stuck in that conversation for hours. And no one would expect you in a job role to like answer they're not like straightforward job questions they might be like really yeah. personal and then also you're not a counsellor mm-hmm. like when I first started personal training did you ever do online coaching or did you go straight into competing in person no I did online I went I was doing a lot of yeah. online yeah and did you used to get your clients being really like you would end up being a counsellor I think with me because I was working with Dan and for me with the knobs guide stuff it wasn't like I was doing straight online coaching where I'd have uh, like specific clients yeah. we just did knob stuff straight away uh, yeah so we kind of launched it and we just had like loads of knobs ready to do our program and our guide. And because it's like a standardized program, oh, it's, you're not, it's, in not, contact. it's not like individual bespoke stuff. It's like the kind of more yeah. general stuff. We never really, we never had that. But at the same time, we also gave that by doing the group and we'd do like mm. our weekly live streams and stuff. So, but it was always on our terms. But you've got boundaries than, up around it, which yeah, is healthy. It was never like, we didn't have individual clients being like, oh, can you just help me with this part or can you do this we'd only give what we could do you know what I yeah. mean so it, it always felt very much on our terms but it's not I mean I get messages sometimes of you know knobs who are in the gym and they'll be like can I can I swap this for this and I'll be like sure and it's quick and it's easy yeah and, you know you can help them there in the moment but sometimes I imagine with online coaching maybe with yours it'll be such big massive questions and you're like well that's going to maybe cost another three hours of my time and oh, but I used to step all night like I would get so invested it was mad yeah. and I but I didn't know this I was so young and people also then it would end up because we were talking about food and we'll talk about mm. this a bit but people's relationship with foods are so complicated that I know this I've had such disordered eating in the past and finally got over it now and like really do have a good relationship with food yeah but I would spend hours talking to women who probably had eating disorders but that's not really I'm not qualified to do that yeah I'd be up to like 4am then but I just had a binge and I cared so much I really yeah. thought but they'd be paying me like £100 a month for, like, a programme and I was putting in, like, eight hours a day Mm -hmm. just speaking to them Mm -hmm. about that. And it kind of leads me on to my question of what what do you think, why do you think we influencers, I think, and we spoke about this a bit before, but the reason influencers exist, I think, is because we all, especially as women, like, looking for guidance and someone to tell us what the right right way to live our lives is. Yeah. And I feel like, I used to feel like that and now I feel so independent of that and I'm happy Mm -hmm. to wear whatever the fuck I want to wear, eat what I want to eat, do what I want to do. But did you feel like that, that, that in your 20s you feel so much more lost than you're expecting to and then you come out of it? Oh, for sure, yeah, for sure. You, I think you kind of leave uni. I think actually leaving uni is a really, really tough time mentally for, mm. for so many people and it, it's not talked about enough. And you kind of ejected into the world for the first time from going from school to sixth form to uni. And you're like, what am I doing? I'm living back with my parents, I've got no job. You know, I, I I had therapy because I felt so depressed and so low. And I'm like, this is just not what I expected. And then doing the whole Instagram thing, you know, you follow the crowd. You try and mimic what a fitness influencer, whatever that is, is. You wear the clothes. You wear the sports bras. You do the same pose. I crack up every time I get like a, you know, like your Instagram memories. Oh, my God, I know. Posts I used to put like four years ago of like a picture of my foot in a trainer. And I'm like, how is this my content? Why do people care? But I used to do pictures in the mirror. Oh, my God, it makes me want to die. I've actually archived them all, but like bum Happy. pictures. Yeah. And I would just, just be like 
to, I used to take me hours to mm. get like the right. I now don't. The way I used to look at my body before in a picture, I would take so many to get like the perfect angle. Mm. Now I just get you to take a picture of me sat here, and I looked at a picture I posted the other day, and I was like, oh, "That's so funny." Because if I'd seen that years ago, I wouldn't have posted it because that my tummy wasn't completely flat when I sat yeah. down or something. Yeah, I just couldn't give less of a fuck yeah. now. I so I was editing before you came. I was editing a workout video that I was going to post on Nobscud Instagram, and um, I was editing the thumbnail, and like I just put like. I had the realisation of, like, this image, I'm looking at it now, like, I would not have ever felt comfortable having this, let alone as a thumbnail in a video. But I'm just like, I don't care. And I like that my... St- I actually... I know it sounds like um, like it's not real, but I genuinely like that my stomach has a bulge on there. Because I'm looking at it and I'm like, this just looks like a normal girl working out. It's just like... I mean, I, I don't like to use the word normal because what the fuck is normal yes. anyways. But, like... It just look. It's me. It's my body, yeah. and it's how I look when I train. And it's not this kind of perfect, you know, super flat stomach with a big bum. Like my my ass looks like it doesn't fucking exist from the angle. It's <laughs> awful. Like it's it's quote unquote a bad picture, which I would have hated before. Yeah. But now I, when I was editing it, I was like, this is actually sick. Like yeah. I'm gonna put it on there and not think too much about it. I think you save so much mental energy now. Yeah. As to what you would be like trying to get the right picture editing it making sure it looked good now it's like okay cool and also no one no one notices and I do think like even now there's a girl that I follow Swedish that I love and she's so beautiful and she's like skinny but she's like not like her body isn't like perfect like she has a bit of a tummy and every time I see it and she's like really happy and she has like a really low rise bikini on it like does something to me I'm like it's yeah. like so nice to see it because it yeah. just makes you feel so relaxed and because she's never once referenced it, it's not what she talks about at all like I shouldn't really notice it but I think because it looks a bit like my tummy mm. I, I can't go over how for how long I was so brainwashed into thinking yeah. that, that even like working out in yoga and I used to be like oh my god I wonder if I bend back like if I'll get like a back roll obviously <laughs> you're gonna get a back roll like it's physically impossible yeah. to do that and not get it yeah um and I do think I think it's funny because I think we're getting better I think that like how my body looks now, I genuinely think, like, five years ago, I wouldn't have been able to think mm. that this looked okay. And I do think, like, the tininess that we just used to want to mm. be isn't as bad. But do you think for, like, younger women that they're still... or not even younger women, but for a lot of people, they're still really trying to fit into this tiny paradigm of body ideals? I think so. But, um, you know, I, I grew up in, like, the 90s where it was, like, the it wasn't even the fit slim mm. look it was like you just anorexic super yeah like nicole ritchie Lindsay lohan all these women who are actually like battling race of eating disorders at the time you were like oh my god that's what mm. i want to look like um so i think it's always going to change and adapt and i think there always will be an ideal you know even with the most mainstream plus size models they've still got a chiseled jawline and they've still got like such a perfectly even face and mm. you know they've still got, a, like, a smaller waist, and there will always be a degree of an ideal. Um, but I think I think if we were to compare the way it was maybe five years ago to what it is now, there is much more representation, and we have social yeah. media to thank for that. It's not all negative, but you have to encourage people to actually find those accounts because it's much harder to, like, stand out when you're in a sea of people with these kind of goals bodies yeah. it's really hard for people to stand out so it's so you have to kind of seek them yeah yeah yeah. I was just thinking about this like in conjunction with the sims and stuff and like how it's so fun when you're younger I freaking love the sims so I get like just play it for hours and hours on mm. end and create this life and it's so fun it was so safe because you're doing it and it's like removed from you the weird thing mm. about social media is 
like, especially with this, like, trends of how people look, mm. is, like, we're turning ourselves into a game. Like, our, yeah. our real life is, yeah. like, a game. So instead of, like, having a game in, like, a safe space and you can play it and then you go back to, like, your normal life, mm. we want to be, in reality, mm-hmm. this, like... Like, I do. I constantly want my eyes to look like almond oh. You know how it's, like, a thing at the minute? Oh, I, oh, and it I kills got, me because my eyes, you, like, point downwards. Have you downwards. seen what people do? So I, I, I ended what? up in this really weird... So, so it's, like, a like a plastic surgeon, and he does these things where he, like, threat... Like, he, like, pins people's... I don't know if... I don't Is that why people's term. eyes all look like this? Well, I think... <laughs> so basically, it was, like, Kendall Jenner and yeah, Bella yeah, yeah. Hadid and whatever. But he was, like, he pins people's eyes back... And that's, that's like a very normal procedure now because it's so trendy. But this is a recent thing. It's yeah, very yeah, trendy yeah. now to have eyebrows which are like, you Pointed know. Pointed upwards. Yeah, that's the trend now. And it's always flunked. Like, that wasn't a thing. Like, I don't no. feel like that was a thing a year I don't ago. remember knowing anything about, like, other people's eye shapes before. Whereas I'm yeah. so acutely aware if someone has that, like, almondy yeah. eye. I'm like, oh my God, I want to look like that. Yeah, and me too. I, I have that too. And, you know, I have my thing, you know, get your face out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Encouraging women to feel cool about their face. I made it because I don't, and I, I didn't, and I still don't feel good about my bare face. And I would say, more than anything, that's probably one of my biggest hang-ups. Mm. Not wearing makeup and, you know, being seen in front of other people. And I still, I force myself to, to be okay. And I tell myself I'm okay. But at the root of it, I still find it hard. And I do the same thing. I think about my eye shape and I'm like... What am I doing? Yeah. But I still have those thoughts and they never really go. What's so weird about the facing is when I was younger, I was so confident without makeup, like I couldn't give a shit. As long as I had fake tan on, I never cared. And mm. now, because of Instagram, so sometimes it's really weird. In day-to-day life, when I'm out and about, I feel really confident. Yeah. But if, I'm, if I think about it too much or like if yeah. I look at my face for too long, I'm like, my nose is too big, my mm. lips are wrong. But I've only just, the reason why I can get over these ideas is because it wasn't like from the age of 10 I've been really insecure. Mm. It's like I can literally map where these insecurities yeah. have come from. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like kind of the, the bit of the weird thing. But I think it, like for guys, it's just... It, I always want to be like, and men, but really, they don't have these same things. Like, no men get plastic surgery on their faces, really, do they? Yeah. Whereas, like, the majority of women that I know living in London will get Botox before they're 30, will probably go and get their lips done. I've thought about getting my lips done. I can't even tell you how many times. Really? I literally think about it all the time. Do you? Because I just see people, I'm like, would I look better? And Matt's always like, but why? What's it going to do? And I'm like, he's like, why is it attractive? I'm like, I don't know, but I want want it. I've had so many really interesting conversations, and I think... Initially, before, I used to be very much, like, anti-surgery, anti-people getting Botox, whatever. And I'd be like, you know, why would you do that? I'm against this. This This is not feminist. This is not what we should be doing. But the older I get, the more I'm kind of like, you know what? If people need to do that, like, do it if you need to do it. But it we can't... If we're, if we're going to say, do it, we also... I think we owe it to ourselves to understand why we're doing it. Yeah. And where it comes from. And it does come from this place of, like, women having to fit these ideals of having full cheekbones. And I, one thing I hate about myself... Don't. My jaw. That's like, my least favourite thing in the world. <laughs> I had a photo shoot the other day and I was like, telling the photographer, I was, like, I was like, this is my fact. She was like, what's a fact? I was like, it's a face net. Yeah. And I was like, I've had it since school. And we're taking pictures and I was like, I could do this. And, like, trying to, like, hide it with my arm. And she's like, there's nothing wrong with your neck. And she showed me this picture yeah. and she went, your face, it's beautiful. And I was like, I look like a seal. Because my I'm <laughs> like a pelican neck. This picture here is absolutely awful. I saw that picture and I was like, 
I look like oh yeah, a thumb. this is exactly what I get. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I look like a thumb, and I hate, I hate having these thoughts because it makes me feel like, what am I? All the things I preach on about yeah. on Instagram, all the things I say, all the support I try and shower on other women. When I have these thoughts and these places where I feel like crap, and I have these horrible things that go through my mind, I feel shame. Yeah. I feel ashamed about <laughs> That's it. The thing. I feel ashamed, but I think. You have to give, cut yourself a break at the same time and be like, I'm still a woman in this world where, you know, to to have a chiseled jaw is like mm. a massive trend right now. And, you know, when you don't have those things, it's really hard and you you do, it does affect you still. I still get those thoughts, same as you, and they'll pop up. But the reason why I think, and I'm sure you're the same, why I've never actually acted on it and why it actually doesn't ruin my day. It doesn't really do anything. I just kind of think about it. It's not like a deep-rooted thing. Yeah. Whereas when I was younger, I had a real, like, really bad problem with my body. Mm. But I've realised that was because, like, I wasn't happy. Whereas now, I think one of the biggest things that we don't really talk about is how important, like, career fulfilment is. Yeah. So when my job is yeah. going well, I'm ecstatically happy and I think I'm, like, I think I look great. Whereas yeah. if something goes wrong, I, like, turn to look at my physical self mm-hmm. and like use that as like a scapegoat for whatever's going on yeah um and I think like creating your life in a way that I'm sure you'll attest to this but like we both I guess had like a health and fitness journey but it's it's so simple I think if you've got a certain level of privilege and you're living above the poverty line the things you can do to make you happy are literally just like going to bed on time and like making sure you socialize and not going on a phone too much yeah and like being really careful with your money like it's all the stuff that when you're younger your parents kind of try and tell you and you don't listen to mm-hmm. and I'd be like I want to live fast die young yeah <laughs> like uh, every night <laughs> so wild. um and like in a funny way life is a bit like a game and I think about this all the time I'm like it's actually so simple but if one thing goes wrong say you don't like get paid on time that month or like you break up with your boyfriend like it can mm. tipple it's like dominoes and everything comes crashing down and that's mm. when I think you're vulnerable to feeling like right I'm just gonna go get a boob job Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be yeah when you're at your lowest that's when you're most vulnerable and like you say it's so easy to just be like I feel like shit I'm gonna go and it's it's even things like um you know using food a lot Mm. when you are feeling down and and I say this if you need to use food for a bit to feel better like crack on it's there for comfort and you know it, it can be a tool for a period of time and that's fine amongst other tools but I think yeah, you you automatically will when you feel like crap. You automatically think like, okay, where can I? What, what can I do with this improve? energy? Yeah, yeah. What can I do with this energy? Right, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna pick myself apart. Whereas when you're loving your job and loving life, you don't have time to be sitting around just being like, oh, I wish my eyes yeah. looked more almondy. You I know, know it's so like, ridiculous. You think you're like, oh, I wish I had a more defined chin, and it's like, yeah, when you feel like shit, you do, you just do. You, you and it's also things. like. I think that's why people troll. I mean, it's such a tired thing now to be like, oh, people who troll are, like, really upset with their lives. Mm. But I do think that that... We were saying how... We were talking about how there's a podcast that we both listen to and I've never, ever, ever reviewed anything in my life. But they said something about how, like, institutionalised racism doesn't exist. And I couldn't have written a review faster. I was like, one star. This is ridiculous. It obviously exists, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I was like, oh, my God, that's so interesting. When I was, like, had a negative emotion towards something, I felt the need to comment on it. Mm-hmm. But there's so many other things that I listen to constantly and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, that's the best thing I've ever heard. And don't say anything. Yeah, And too, I think yeah. it's the same on Instagram. Like, how do you deal with... Do you get much trolling? Not really, no. I mean, what, what, uh, what I get is... I like to do posts which are, like, satirical most Mm. of the time. I just love it. And I feel like because of that, a lot of my community, they just get it. And it actually is so nice for us. We have a lot of, like, 
ongoing jokes. There'll be things I put into my infographics, for example, soil. I'll put like yeah, soil. Yeah, yeah. So when I'm doing my food pictures, I'll just randomly put soil and I won't reference it. And like they get it because I've been doing this for like a year and they fucking love it. They're like, soils. And I love doing that because it's, it's just it's so like nice. Joke. Yeah, it's like in jokes with people you've never met before. But then there will be some people who don't get the humour and they'll be like deeply offended by something you've said or they or a lot of cultures are much more literal mm. and they they don't understand stuff right so going back to the soil someone dm'd me the other day and said i have to tell you this i was in a meeting and it was about it's by hr department and it was about how social media can be really damaging we all need to be careful about how we're using it and they pulled up one of my infographics and was like look there's people out here who are saying we should eat soil <gasps> And she was like, oh my she gosh. was like, and he took it so literally of like, you know, there's people out here saying we need to eat soil to be healthy. And I just, I find it so funny, but the the worst, the comments which I get a lot of the time will be that, you know, or it'll be, I do get, I wouldn't call it trolling, but I'll get a comment where it's like, oh, maybe you shouldn't have said that. Or maybe yeah. you could have and I, and then that's just taking it on the chin and having feedback and it's not, it's not trolling, no. but you're like, okay, cool. Um, that's just like, but I actually find it really helpful when someone critiques me in like a helpful way. Cause that's, that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Like I've learned the reason I became woke in that comments is because my audience kept being like, you shouldn't say, but in a really nice way, they wouldn't mm. be like, you shouldn't say that. They'd be like, mm. oh, just to let you know, um, if you swear something like that, it could be that this, and it, honestly, I've learned so mm. much from my audience. I've mm. never taken it as like criticism. Mm-hmm. I've never, I, I, I actually, do you know what it is? And this kind of, we were talking about this before as well, but Instagram's so different now, like the way the algorithm works. But before I would get way more rude comments because lots of random people would see your post. Yeah. Whereas now I think it's pretty much just your audience who sees them. And mm-hmm. in that way, I feel like I never really get anyone being rude to me because no. they know what they're looking for. Well, no, no one needs finding my Instagram. No, me neither. <laughs> It's when they have like, been locked in for years, that's it. No yeah. one's finding But if it, yeah. something went on Facebook or something, I remember when I was yeah. at 20 Shank and an egg video of mine went on Facebook and people were like sending death, death threats on what? Because it, it, it was on Loud Bible, but so many people see it, they get like, it's mad, like the an weirdest. Egg. It was yeah. like my egg video. Remember when I used to do this custom? Yeah. It was a compilation. I remember of that. it so well. And some people were like, her hands are really ugly. Like, I wasn't even in the video. God. And it was absolutely mad. And there's something about Facebook, and it's a bit, they're like Daily Mail commenters. It's like the same yeah. category of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really weird to be so scrutinised. I think we're growing up in an age where you actually, I feel like I've got so much agency to create when I've, like, I talk mm-hmm. about feminism all the time. We definitely, there's so many instances where we need it. But I also am so grateful, like, especially if I compare it to my mum's, like, mm-hmm. what she grew up with and her opportunities. I feel like, I'm so lucky to be in this position where, like, I have this life that yeah. I love. But whenever I speak to other people, I think maybe I'm maybe I've got too much of a positive spin on it because we do it. But I'll be like, oh my god, you should just do it. I'm like, mm-hmm. you should you should just go freelance and you should start an account. Mm-hmm. Do you get like that mm-hmm. with people? Oh yeah, and I'm sure it's so annoying for people. <laughs> like, because I remember being that person that was even when I had like enough followers to maybe earn enough income to live okay or the same amount as my job. I would stick my nose up and people would be like, just just quit your job. Just leave your job and just do it. And I'd be like, no, fuck off. I want to be in this uh, job, which yeah, I don't... Yeah, 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 because you carried off for ages, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I've been freelance for like a year, but like, yeah, I and I, I get so annoyed and I'd be like, oh, but it, it's only like since being freelancing. It's when you prove to yourself you can do it. You're mm. like, oh, but I love being around people. For example, talking about me doing my own podcast at some point, if I didn't have someone saying, you do it, you could do it, then I wouldn't do it. So I'm so glad to be around other creative mm. people who are like, 
like fuck it what what have you what are you so fearful yeah. of i think often we are fearful of like the unknown but what is the unknown what's the worst that's going to happen no one listens to your podcast cool move on yeah like, exactly you know no one you were talking about your your stand-up like what's the worst that's going to happen no one's going to laugh yeah um okay cool move on like, this is what um sarah pascoe actually spoke about this it's really funny she's about stand up and she said the exact same thing she was like everyone got so worried about it and she was like but the yeah. literally the worst thing that could happen is no one will laugh whatever but you'll go back again you're like you'll never it's not and also talking about like um you're scared of the unknown i think i genuinely think the reason why i made this work like being doing this industry is because i was just like oh i'm doing this now like i literally mm-hmm. feel myself i moved to london i didn't have a job i was just doing instagram yeah. and i was like i need to write i need to pay this month's rent and i got my first ever branded content and i just covered my rent and i was like right i need to start next month and then that was it and then i had to keep going yeah whereas i think obviously that's not like the best advice to jump shit but sometimes yeah. you do actually have to put yourself in a position where you have no other choice but to make mm-hmm. it work. Sometimes I think you get so scared to leave because you're like, oh my God, will mm-hmm. it won't it work? Mm-hmm. And actually everything I do, there's so, been so many projects I've probably forgotten about. I've half started that mm-hmm. nothing happened for them, but I've forgotten about them now. Whereas adulting as a podcast just caught and I carried on and now it's like a massive thing. Mm-hmm. But it's not just that I was like, right, this is going to be my thing. Mm-hmm. There was loads of things. I almost did like an egg cookbook that I was going to do and I was going to call like the extra cookbook and have like eggs from all around the world. Like that was like yeah. a whole project. I was like all ready to do it. And then all of a sudden you'll do something else in a completely different direction and that catches. People like John and you're like, oh. Yeah, and then that yeah. just becomes your thing. Like, I'm yeah. sure that like, with knobs, that was so natural for that mm. to turn into, like, a much mm. bigger thing. And I think everyone imagines that you have that end thing in sight from the beginning. No way. I had no idea that this podcast would be doing what I'm doing or that I'd end up in this, like, the way that my Instagram's mm. changed. But it sounds so menial to people who... I don't know if it does, actually, but when I say things like, oh, my Instagram's changed so much, somebody's not a blogger, I'm like, do they think... But that's so pathetic. But no, you know, someone's talking about their job role. Yeah. I think sometimes when you are in the influencer world, you become quite apologetic about Mm. being cool as an influencer. You become apologetic about, you know, the things you do. And that in itself can be a bit toxic as well. So, you know, to you, that's like, it means a lot to you. And that's enough, Mm. you know, in the same way that someone who's working in an office job and has got a promotion and it's a big change for them. But for us, we might be like, oh, I don't get how that's any different. But, you know, for them, it's different. Um, But yeah, I I totally agree. And I think I've had many projects where I just will start it. For example, I filmed like a documentary last year. And like, we filmed this massive documentary. It's gonna be like huge. And then in the end, we never like, I can't remember what happened, but we never, we never, it never got going. We were just a bit like, by the end of it, we were like, oh, I'm over it. Over it, yeah. And then that was it. And then we did like a small clip, but it was never what it should have been. That's so funny. This is like, so I did the same thing that this year I was coming up with this project that I wanted to do. And I'd literally made all these pitches. And I was like, I'm going to pitch it to all these people. I like did this whole thing, la, la, la. And I almost think because like you get, I have such bad imposter in this industry. I'm sure you do too. So I feel like I constantly have to be doing something else. Like yeah. what I'm doing is already enough. Like I don't need to be doing more. You can just fine hone it and like make it better and like expand it or whatever. I was like, right now I'm going to start this massive thing. And I was so adamant. And then I just did the same thing. I was like, actually, mm. like, I don't need to be doing, I don't know what it is. Mm. And it's weird because influencing is a thing. Like it's such a dirty word. I try not, I actually don't think that we are natural influencers in terms of like what people think they are. I actually wouldn't really say yeah. that we are. You're definitely like a content creator if I was going to mm. call you anything. Do you know mm. what I mean? It's not the same thing. But being, having influence is amazing. Like being yeah. able to influence people is actually fucking cool. Mm. It's so weird that it's got a negative. Mm. Like, are you able to, what do you think of it? Do you call yourself an influencer? 
I kind of just, I mean, like, for example, at the start of the podcast, when you, like, introduce yourself, I am like, oh, I'm uh, yeah. kind of an Instagram person. I feel cringe when I say it. Same. And part of me is like, I shouldn't, but the other part of me is like, no, you're still cringe. Like, <laughs> stop it. Um, so, yeah, I, but naturally as a person, I stem towards being, like, a bit more self-depreciating and, and more, like, Ugh. I think you've got a high cringe threshold. Like, I you have, find things I have really a cringe. high cringe. Yeah, yeah. That's the perfect way to describe it. Um, and that's good and bad at the same yeah. time. Um, but, I mean, I don't mind. If someone says, like, if someone says, oh, you're an influencer, I'm, like, cool, fine. I'm yeah. not, like, anti-it. Yeah. Um, and I don't like the kind of... I don't I don't know how I feel about it to be honest. I don't know. I'm I'm I see both sides, but I wouldn't be like, hey guys, I'm an influencer. No. But what's so interesting about your career is if you worked for a brand, say which you do I suppose at 69, but say you'd yeah. created knobs and you didn't own it and like someone else owned it and you'd manage that whole social media account, they'd be like, yeah. Oh my god, have you met Lucy? She like makes a whole account yeah. for knobs and it's so sick if you see much of the infographic. Like people would laud it so much. They'd be like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. But for some reason, when it's women doing it, it's your own brand. Yeah. There's a whole different attitude towards mm-hmm. it. Like, I was out with my new manager the other day and, and someone asked her what I did and she went, she's a presenter. And I know she was like, what is she talking about? She was like, in any other walk of life, if you were doing anything, you would be a presenter. You present your podcast, mm-hmm. you do interviews the whole time, you do live things, that's presenting. That's so true. And I was like, oh my God, I'm just going to start saying that. And I was like, but I'm not yet. She was like, say it, you are. And I was like, oh my God, that is amazing. Weirdly, people, I think, I think part of it is that people really want to have a following. Like, I almost don't want it because I feel like it's a bird. Like, it's a weird... When you have it in the way that we grew, which was years ago, and it was, mm-hmm. like, it really was kind of by accident. Mm. It wasn't, like, how people want to be able to sit out. It was so much easier. Yeah, yeah. You, you have, like, a weird relationship with it. Whereas now people are like, oh, my God, you have a following, it must be amazing. And you're kind of like, oh, no, don't... don't. Mm. I'm not... Like, I didn't ask for this. Like, I didn't mean to mm. do it. Mm. Um, and almost people want to put you down because it is actually mm. quite a hard... So people say stuff to me, like... And I'm not all the time, but they'll be like, oh, but obviously your, your podcast gets good listens, so you've got a really big Instagram following. And I'll be like, like, I'm like oh, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. And then Matt will be like, yeah, but you grew your Instagram following. Mm-hmm. So that's just as hard. But people want to use mm-hmm. it as a, an excuse or a reason for your success when it is successful in of itself to have a following. Yes. And and also people think that just because you have an audience, like that people are going to latch onto or want to be involved in everything you do. Yeah. Like sometimes you'll do things. Like I remember... A comment project I did. Oh, even like swipe ups and click throughs. Like you might have a brand deal where you're like, mm. oh my God, this is going to fucking smash. People are going to love this. And you get the results and you're like, actually, people don't really give a shit about that. <laughs> or you're, you know, I'm trying to think of a, an example. For example, with my t-shirt. So I did live my best life t-shirts a couple yeah. of years ago and they did really well. Yeah. And then we did the no BS t-shirts, like the knobs ones. And, like, it was, like, a fraction of how well the other ones did. And in my head, I'm like, what? You know, they're part of the community. It's yeah. not... But it's because it's so much more niche. That's for people that are so invested yeah. in the community. It's not as, like, widely applicable as, like, living my best life was at that time. This is the statement of this podcast. I think when I very first started it, this, again, was really broad. And then as I kind of figured out what I really kind of wanted it to be, it's become quite niche. So people who yeah. love it, love it. But it's it's not your... It's not... Everyone's not going to be listening to mm. it because it won't be applicable. Mm. And I think it's so true about, like, brands and stuff. It's funny what what people like. I don't know. I think I think also that's that's where the value is, though, because people will, like, you do your live events, I do my live events. Mm. And the fact that people will pay to come and see you, like, that's that's where the value's in. Like, yeah. That they will come and attend an event. And it's a very interesting... I just think there's a really, especially towards women, there's a very weird attitude towards, like, if this was any other career and you had mm. a business and then you'd built up 100 and something subscribers to a mm. 
email list or some anything that isn't Instagram. I think because mm-hmm. women always have done better than men on Instagram, especially mm-hmm. in the fitness world. Mm-hmm. And then men didn't really kind of... We consume the content differently as women. Yeah. As to men. But do you not think that we, like, at the beginning, when Fitness Influencers first came along, there was, like, no big male ones. Like, no. women surpassed them totally. They, like, really monopolised the market. And that must be one of the first, not one of the first times, but... I think Instagram has allowed for more women to be in creative industries and be heading them up. 100%, because there's yeah. no one to answer to. There's no glass ceiling you've got to break. You create your audience and they follow you. And then, like, I what think... What you do with that is... Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I could have had the same success if I'd had to have gone down a different route where I'd had to have knocked on doors. No. But you're right. Like, it... I, I often think about that, the way that there were so many, like, incredible businesswomen mm. who have, like, completely smashed, like... Instagram have built their own brands and it's not just their account. They've gone on to to build multi, you know, million pound companies yeah. and have loads of staff and that's just what they do now. And it, it has been a really amazing path where there haven't been that many, you know, there's not like when you're doing, say, fitness or beauty or any kind of the more female dominant industries, there aren't that many guys at the top being like, hang on a second, <laughs> like, you know, you can't have more followers than us. Like, yeah. they, just, yeah. they just grow and thrive and, you know... And it was, it was, at the beginning, as you just said, it was easier to grow and it was more of a meritocracy. Like, I feel like now it is shifting and, and do you feel like, I certainly feel like, it's a good thing in a weird way, I feel like I'm being pushed into a new remit where I can't, I've got to think right now, what's my next move? And it's going to be, have to be drastically different from how I've travelled before because Instagram as a platform is really, really changing. Like, yeah, you can't grow, the algorithm doesn't show you to people. Do you feel like you're going to... Move, like you maybe want to start a podcast but what is there anything else that you're like looking forward to creating or are you sitting in it at the minute and trying to figure out what's next I I've kind of had a period where I've done a lot of different things you know I did the novs cookbook I did I've got the guides on the app and I'm figuring out what makes me happy whilst mm. also making everyone else happy and the knobs guides have been such like a success and I've loved doing it it's been such a great part of my job and I thoroughly love it so for me it makes sense to grow and expand that side of things so hopefully there'll be my own app that I mean that's pretty much what I'm gonna do um so for me it it, I I can't be like oh I'm gonna do another knobs cookbook I'm gonna do more aprons I'm gonna Mm. do more for me it's like niching down into what is it that they really 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 want beyond just like fun fluffy stuff that they can buy and enjoy for me it's like where can I have the biggest impact and what mm. is going to be you know I, I think I needed to be more niche which I've done this year for sure um but I also for example with the podcast I don't want it to be a podcast about training diet culture and fitness for my community I just want it I just want to be me I just want to mm. talk about things I talk about with my friends I want to talk about sex I want to talk about dating I want to talk about loads of different things and I want to talk about real life shit that kind of goes on and I think I'm excited for that because it's gonna allow me to just talk beyond the kind of boundaries that Instagram has Mm. set and I never feel restrained anymore but I think you know as people are so multi-dimensional anyway sometimes you know we're laughing about that meme with like the little box yeah that you do it's even now you still do feel like no I have to talk about you know, dieting, I've talked mm. about nutrition and food and exercise and that's what, they're the topics, but... The, no, you're so right, and you're definitely more Boston as women, like, the mm. minute I kind of was, like, I used to, like, it was pretty predominantly just, actually, initially it was almost just food, then it was just fitness mm. and food, 
And then there was a time when everyone kind of hated food photos, so we all just started taking pictures of ourselves. I don't think you ever did that. I think you always stuck to no. But there was a really weird period where... Like, mirror selfies was a it thing. It was just it was, every picture yeah. was a mirror selfie in a different outfit. Mm. And then I tried to, like, post something about... At the t- time, I was studying English at uni, and I was like, mm. I actually, like, fitness is such a small part. Like, I go to the gym for one hour of the day. Yeah. The rest of my day is not talking about the stuff. And people, even now, because I think I do too many things, people don't like it. Like, they can't... Mm. It's, like, another thing to throw in. And, like, mm. you have to be really careful. Like, I can talk about books now because I've been doing it for so long that people have got used to it. But if I suddenly try and be, like, I don't know, if I did a food post now, for instance, <laughs> I think people would lose their shit. Because it's it's some weird idea around, like, we're so multidimensional. But it's, we're because, so... it's because, for example, if you look at, like, successful companies that have brands, like, they're so niche and mm. the biggest brands are so niche that it works and their messaging is clear and they have brand guidelines and key messaging and I think to a degree like our Instagram platforms are kind of like mini and it's weird when it's you because your platform is is you like you talk about things you want to talk about but to a lot of people it is just like the brand and I I think you've got to find a healthy balance in the two when it's your income you feel tired to be like no I need to make it more brandy and it needs to be professional I need to make sure I talk about this topic this week and you know, all give a, give a bit of everything that I'm trying to convey and talk about my products, but also just like be me and my stories and like yeah. show funny videos of me getting drunk with my friends. And it is a really weird balance between the two. I don't know what's the best thing to do. No, it's, it's, weird. it's it's so interesting. I think we definitely are. I think people don't really understand what goes into it and never really will. Like I have a PA now, but only for one day a week. I mean, literally the first day she was like, oh my God, you do so much stuff. <laughs> she was like, I really didn't think there'd be like this many things to do. Yeah. Because it's you are just constantly creating. And the other thing is, which I'm sure you'll agree, like the, you could always do more. Oh, yeah. So like there's a never ending, you can kind of like, there's a minimum you can get away with doing, which actually could be like not a lot. Like I'm sure there are some influencers who actually don't really do that much. Yeah. But if you want to, you can make so much work for yourself. And I do yeah. this all the time. And I think you probably do as well. You know, mm. when you like come up with a new format and it's mm. really good for a post. And then you're like, oh no, now I've got to do that every time. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, great. This, <laughs> but then you get good at it and then it becomes really easy or whatever. Yeah. But I constantly do this. And it's like, yeah. it's absolutely never ending. I'd, but I don't think I could ever have a boss. Could you ever go in now into, like, working into a nine-to-five? No. No, I couldn't. And, and uh, you know, we were kind of talking before, if everything, for whatever reason, I had to go back and do a kind of more traditional job, I'd suck it up and do it, obviously. Mm, but yeah. I would really struggle. I'd really struggle to, to have someone giving me my structure and telling me what, how to mm. run my day. But at the same time, when you are working for yourself, there's no one that's saying, like, do this and when you do it there's no one saying like well done yeah tick like I know. you've done it well so the reason why you keep wanting to do more is because you almost feel inadequate in many ways yeah um but you know there's, there's pros and cons to, to both there's so many benefits of being freelance there's so many mm. there's pros and cons to both sides but I would struggle having like a, a manager or you know yes yeah. you get out the habit of listening to and other people do you feel like you've learned so much like sometimes will you go to an event or you'll be talking to a brand and they'll ask you a question and or a friend will ask you and you will just reel off this information you're thinking where in the fuck did I learn that but just over time you've become like an actual expert in marketing like you could consult mm. with brands I've, I'd, I'm sure do you feel that way that like over time you gain expertise naturally. It's kind of making me think, like, is universal... I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, how mm. is how helpful is education when actually if you just do something, yeah. you learn it. You do it You do it often enough, you get good at it. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was thinking about university. I was literally having this conversation the other day, and I think now in this day and age, I think social media and the internet has ch- it's changed the value of going to uni. Not all like with creative jobs, in many ways, you're almost better off just like doing it and trying to learn the skill and then that's it go off and become great at it and practice it rather than studying to do film or you know studying to do media or whatever it's like I think it is a very different landscape to when we were going to uni yeah I imagine it's I imagine it's very different now when I went to uni though to be fair it was literally like just hadn't it was just three years past here like yeah. that's kind of, and I'm really glad I did that. I met some of my best friends. Mm. It'll be like my bridesmaids and like my godmothers, and mm. so that that I think. But it wasn't. I didn't learn. I don't think mm. I learned a great deal. And I think as well with Instagram, the in- interesting thing is if we're talking about it as a job platform, which it is. I think we like because we didn't start it as a means to make money. You mm. really are really emotionally invested. But lots of people now go into it and they do want to make money from it. Mm-hmm. But you can make a full salary of 10,000 followers oh, if yeah. you're smart. Yeah. Like, I think people think, oh my God, I need to have a million followers. No. Actually, imagine if you've got 10,000 followers, if you've mm-hmm. got every single one of those 10,000 followers engaged, mm-hmm. you can make a big salary mm-hmm. from that. And I think that people don't see the power in, especially young people nowadays, think that's so obsessed with the following mm-hmm. the numbers. Mm. I'm sure you feel the same way, but as your relationship with kind of like what you think the power of your Instagram has it changed mm-hmm. from what it used to be before yeah I think when you're growing it's like the dopamine response mm. of like you're doing a post and getting 10,000 followers in two days it's like oh my god you know there was a period where I was growing really quick a couple of years ago and it's like oh my god this is great and then when it stops and it can't and things change like it does you are a bit like oh and then you still catch yourself kind of chasing not posting I mean, to a degree, we all post to get engagement. Why else would you fucking post? You wouldn't do it if it got no likes or whatever. But, like, you almost can get in a bit of a cycle with it. And I think now my relationship with that has changed so much that I've got my community already. Yeah. I've got, I've got my group. I've got the, the, the people in there. What can I do to create and build something that's, like, really valuable for them? That's the way I view it now. Yeah. Um, rather than trying to chase the next you know, milestone of, you know, a hundred, an extra hundred K or whatever. For me, it's more like, how can I, with what I've already got, what can I do? How can I, you know, recruit more knobs? How can I get more people in the Facebook group? How, I mean, to, actually to a degree, I'm saying this, I don't really want, I don't want a massive Facebook group. I mean, we hit 10 K the other day, wow. but I didn't even feel like celebrating it because I, I remember I always said when we started, I don't want more than 10 K people in the group because then it becomes unmanageable like a feral playground of like strange accounts and you know it it feels less special so I think everything I've always done is always I've wanted it to feel nice and like a community and you know the brunch this this Saturday is 25 people it's not you know 100 it's not a massive workout event pool with 200 people coming along it's small and it's intimate and that's what I've always wanted it to be um so yeah, that that that's the way I've always viewed it. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because I think you do reach a threshold, as you say, when you're growing. I was so addicted when I first started my Instagram account, and as you'd say, sometimes you'd post a picture and you'd wake up in the morning. And this was back when I I can't remember how followers. I remember the first time I got a thousand likes, and yeah. I can actually remember my heart being like, yeah. <gasps> and I'm so I'm so like emotionally detached. My don't really care, yeah. obviously, because it's my work. I'm like, if something gets good, not good engagement, I'm like, oh, that's frustrating. I wonder what that's down to, or like, mm. I'll think about it logistically, but there's no like emotional connection there. Yeah. Whereas before. I would literally be, like, so addicted. I would, like, post a picture and be, like, refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually quite 
fucked up. Yeah. Like, when I remember it. And I, what I found, interestingly, is that all my friends who are influencers now have this really, like, um, quite pragmatic relationship with social media. Like, because you have to be on it the whole time, you're not really that interested in what's going on. Mm. You know you're going to get a certain amount of likes. So it's never going to be, like, embarrassing. It's Mm. not like... And also, the people posting are really happy for you. What I've noticed is more with, like, people that aren't Instagrammers, they get way more anxiety about posting because it's just their friends liking it. Mm -hmm. And, like, if no one likes it, that's really embarrassing because it's just your peers watching Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And actually, everyone kind of thinks... I don't know if you get this, but people like to me, oh, are you, have you, like, people that aren't Instagrams would be like, oh, is your Instagram growing more like you look like? And I'm like, no, but that's not going to happen. Like, I've reached my threshold. I don't think I'll ever get more followers unless I became famous outside of Instagram, which I don't, yeah. I don't know if that would happen, but that that's how I would grow. I wouldn't grow through Instagram anymore. Mm. And there seemed to be so much onus on that, on that growth. And I wonder if because people who aren't in it actually have a more unhealthy relationship with it. Like, do you feel like more distance than your friends who aren't Instagrammers? Yeah, I I know what you mean. Because I a couple of friends have been like, do you feel weird when you, you know, post on your story or you do a post? Do you feel like anxiety? And I think once you do it so often, you just kind of get used to it and become accustomed to it. But yeah, I, I imagine if I if I had an account where it was just my friends and it wasn't my job, like I would I would definitely be that way for sure because. You know, it's people you actually know. I feel so disconnected to a degree. Mm. I mean, there are people who comment and message me who I, you know, the people that comment and message me will usually be the same kinds of people and I know who they are and I recognise their names. And they're kind of like my internet friends, the knobs. But everyone else is just like, I don't even think about it. I I don't think about it. I don't, you know, think about how many eyes are on it, how many people are looking at it. And I think that's quite nice. Yeah, it's like I agree. Ignorance. Yeah. Of it. Um, but you know, if you have a smaller account and say you have two hundred followers, I'm sure you'd be checking your story views and being like, "This person's seen it." I actually remember, like, when I first started my account, I had people from uni that would look, and there were like people who I would put in this, like pedestal being super cool. Oh yeah. And I'd be like, "Oh my god, no, Emma, Emma's <gasps> up to my store. Like, she's gonna see that I've done this pose, and it's really cringe, and I'm really embarrassed." Yeah. And, like, but I still get that even now. Sometimes it's really funny. Like, I'll. If I'm writing for my audience, I think about my following, and I, and again, you get those same people that always come. I get really excited, but then sometimes I'll just think of like one of my friends, like my friends from school. I'm like, oh my god, if they read that, yeah. I die. But yeah, but a stranger reading it, and people who because weirdly, you I I this is kind of like, I guess actually what I was saying. Instagram made me more of my authentic self because it's easy to mm. show yourself to people who don't know you. Yeah. So I was doing that on a public platform, and then this when I was younger, when I first started my account, and then acting out as this really attention-seeking different kind of girl yeah. that I thought I was. Yeah. And Instagram made me have to show myself to people. Yeah. Because I I bet you felt like this too, but when I first started and people were following it, I assumed that no one who knew me would look at it. Yeah, yeah. But now, like, I'm sure you'll get this, like, everyone I know are the first people to watch my stories. Yeah. And, yeah. That, like, you can see that. Yeah, yeah. But did you find that, like, it's almost weirdly easier... I feel like my sense of self has grown out of the fact that I'm mm. try to be authentic because it's such a capital on social media as well to be tr- true and real. Mm-hmm. But I think that saved me in a funny way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I so I remember I think it was like Mental Health Awareness Day a couple of years ago when I came in. It was when I was full time. I came into the gym and I sat in the back room and one of the guys, bless him, such a sweetheart. But I'd done a post the night before about talking about depression and you know that I felt pretty shitty, super honest and raw and he came in and there was like two other people in the room and he was like oh Lucy I read your post last night I just want to let you know I'm here I'm here for you I hope you're okay and I was sitting there and I was like this is so uncomfortable for me the fact that I know you've looked at it and he was he's only doing it because he he wasn't don't don't say it in front of other people because that in itself is just a bit socially strange yeah 
I was just like, I felt so embarrassed. But as I was thinking about it, I was like, well, I've just posted it to the internet. Of course yeah. he's going to look at it, you know, <laughs> and he cares. So he's spoken to me about it. But I just felt like the ground, I wanted the ground to swallow me up because I felt so embarrassed yeah. that I posted it. Because it feels um, so, because when I you... I felt violated. Yeah, I know, because <laughs> it feels so exposing. Whereas when you write it online, like, it never feels like, if I actually think about it, like, you've got almost like three times my phone or anything, but if I actually imagine like 100,000 people... Yeah. That's so many people yeah. that have seen like my bum when I posted it. It's good. But it's that really weird safety yeah. net of feeling like ah, oh, it is such. A you feel like someone's read your diary. When yeah. It's, or like even even my close friends. I remember when, I, when my old housemate, I was living with my uni friends, and like they would sometimes be like, "Oh, I'm sorting your story and stuff," and it is still weird. You're like, "Oh, it, it's just odd." And I found even with dating, oh my god, like. I would I would hide my social media mm. from them because I don't want them to look at my stories. Yeah. Like, oh, that's they like listen to me talking. I find that so odd. But I remember feeling so violated. I went on this date with this guy, and he's like, "Oh yeah, like I found you, saw your Instagram, but like, oh, I saw this and I saw you doing this." And he'd text me and he'd reference things that I put on my story that day. Oh no, that's too weird. And it's and even though of course you know if you follow me and you see what I do, of course you would. It's not. And a weird thing, a stalkerish thing to do. It's the way we live our lives now, but I found it really unattractive. And I was yeah. like, oh. I would find that really weird. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, we all stalk, we all do it. It's just when someone says it to you directly, you're like... Yeah, it is oh. really disconcerting, I have yeah. to agree. It's funny, I hadn't really thought about dating, so like, I started going oh, on that, but awful. I went to school. With, like, he knew me anyway, so there wasn't really anything to, like, learn. Yeah. But I can't imagine what that must be like, because that is really weird. Well, I was talk- so I was talking to my friend, she does a lot of, like, body confidence stuff, and we both became single last year at a very similar time, and we were laughing because, you know, I talk a lot about, like, my past and turbulent relationships with food, and... She posted a lot. She doesn't as much now, but she posted a lot of like body pictures um, of like body and rolls and stretch marks. And she was very much in that kind of content sphere. And she's like, it's so funny because when you're dating, you're single again. Suddenly, it it, cha- it actually makes you second guess what you're posting. Yeah. And, like this person who you're about to go to first, like a sexy first date, like mm. cool boss, thank you, bar. They've been looking at your Instagram and seeing how like emotional, like, and it, it's bad because we shouldn't feel like we should have to put this veil on. But it is a weird dynamic when you basically done this overshare of like, like your feelings yeah. and they've read it and they're coming to meet you for the first time it's very but odd also I realised like when I I think I didn't realise but towards the end of the uni I've never had to question but I definitely was went through like really I just don't think I was very happy and didn't realise and that's why I was like addicted to Instagram because I was like great yeah. it was like successful for me and I moved to London and then I started out on the mat and I was really happy I just couldn't be fucked to go on Instagram I just couldn't be bothered to post and I was like no I need to shit my work I, I just lost yeah, all interest because yeah. I realised I think and I think a lot of people can get this but if you've got nothing else going on the only dangerous thing with like social media is you, it can become like a crux mm. because that like dopamine and you feel like you're not alone mm. and, like even now I need, I'm sometimes not as good at I use it in a very different way mm. so I want to ask you a question now, which kind of harks back to your very first thing, but do you feel like you're living your best life? Yeah, do I you? do. I, I, I feel, I was thinking this the other day, I feel really just empowered. Mm. I feel really empowered, I feel really in control. And I think it does boil down to job feels like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, starting new projects, obviously, because that's what we do. Um, and just, yeah, and just, you know, feeling really confident in myself and being myself and, you know, when when you're dating or you're seeing someone or whether you're single, I think when you know that you're just being your full self, which I think I, I've learned yeah. to now be, um, it just feels good. And, you know, it doesn't feel great every day. I definitely have days where, you know, if I've woken up late, I will feel like shit. Yeah, me too. Um, But in essence, 
it's good. And I think definitely scrolling scroll, scrolling back. Oh, <laughs> it's turning into your Instagram every day. Um, but like thinking back to a year ago, like I was definitely like a fraction of the person I am. And you might not even know it from Instagram. Yeah. But I remember thinking like a year ago, I couldn't remember the last time, you know when you belly laugh? Yeah. I felt so low and drained. I couldn't remember, I remember waking up thinking, I can't remember the last time I actually like belly laughed. And now it's like, every day I'll be laughing my head off about something stupid. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's becoming aware of, not to blame it on people or people in your life or whatever, but like it's such a good practice to understand how you feel when you've been mm. around certain people and if it doesn't make you feel good like that's your sign that you need to not be yeah. in that space and I think you're the empowering feeling as well as knowing that like I know that all the things that I can control if I control those well then that's all that I can do so like I love that saying and I say it all the time and it's like you can't control what happens so you can only control how you react yeah. and I used to feel like worried about situations or like think about if I was doing something wrong, then I'm like, wait a minute, I know what I can do. I know I can try and get up early as much as I can, like mm. do all those things I think we spoke about right at the beginning. And I, as long as I'm doing those things, mm. then even if I don't feel good, I'm like, I've stuck to my side of the bargain. Mm-hmm. And then like, whatever happens to me, that's not my fault. Yeah. And yeah. that that makes me feel so powerful. Yeah. Because I'm like, that's all I've got to do. That's mm. like literally just got to wake up, go to work. I think sometimes when we allow ourselves to feel like mm. we've got to control everything in the world and everything mm. that goes on around us, that's when you can feel like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, that's so true. Especially with, like, times right now. It's yeah. Like, oh, what's going well, on? Well, I genuinely think I'm going to leave here and then never leave my flat again. <laughs> Self-isolation <laughs> is going to go into contact as of today. Oh, my God, no. I know. I, I know, yeah, you're, you're right, though. Like, you can worry about yeah. all sorts, but, you know, at the end of the day, you've only got the power to, to ownership of your own actions, and that's it. So, yeah. you know. And you do have more power than you... Never doubt yourself because I think that, like, I think we've both kind of been around about ways said that, you know, all of these things happen because they just kept happening. Yeah. But it wasn't because we were, like, in The Sims when you'd be like, right, I know I'm going to design this hat. Like, yeah. I have no idea where things are going to go. Yeah. But we just keep, I just keep moving forwards. Mm-hmm. And Matt said this to me. So I said to him, oh, I kind of, like, don't feel like I've done anything, blah, blah. And he was like, think about two years ago on the day when you were like, oh, my God, I'd love to have a podcast. Yeah. And imagine how you would have felt if you were like, oh, my God, I've done my podcast, had, like, over two million downloads and there's like how many episodes mm. he was like how would you feel then mm. but we never think like that we no. always just think like of oh, not doing anything yeah but we always we do it in every and everything yeah, and yeah. It, it's why you know i laugh at these kind of gratitude journals and shit but like it actually works yeah people love it doing gratitude i struggle to get into the habit of doing that because i'm still like it doesn't matter but i i know Feeling grateful for, for different things and reflection is actually really important and feeling good. It is. I've started so. to do, like, it's, I used to be really, like, cringe, but also a bit, like, my mum's really stoic, so she's really resilient. She actually really does, really resistant to anything that's a bit too, like, woo-woo. Yeah. But I started to talk to her. When I became more positive, I started to talk to her about, like, positive mental health and just feeling mm. really happy. And she, like, it's completely changed her. I'm like, if in the morning oh, you so feel nice a bit grumpy and it's, like, sunny, I'm like, just think oh my god look how nice it is that it's sunny outside mm. and now she'll say stuff to me like this all the time and she's like oh it's just isn't it just so nice to just sat and I was like and it's so funny it's just the smallest changes like instead of noticing like the negative thing just yeah. think about like one it'll just literally make your day it, I, mean, I could talk for hours about this but I love like watching my parents get older and like you being able to teach them yes. stuff I think that's so nice I agree it's, but yeah. it's really funny I was also talking to my friend about how 
Everyone's like, oh my God, I'm so broody. I'm not broody to have a baby, but I would love to have a teenage daughter. Because <laughs> I love, I love my like relationship with my mum. Yeah. And that yeah, we, like, yeah. talk. And that we're, like, best friends. Like, I can't yeah. be asked to have a baby, but I love the idea of having, like, a grown-up child yeah, that yeah. becomes your, like, best friend. Drink wine. Yeah, that you, like, drink wine, <laughs> which is so backwards, because I'm, like, just yeah. that age now. Yeah, yeah. But I do think, like, having a nice relationship with parents is, is like, just one of the most amazing things. Yeah. And you have that with your dad as well, which is really cute. Oh, my cute. God, yeah. He fucking loves, he loves the attention. Saw the mountain. Like he's got his own Does Instagram he account. act or is he like, like when he's doing it, is he acting? Is he always he's like that? Act, is he putting no, it on? No, it's like because he, he sometimes I see he'll like wait and then you'll record and yeah, you can no. tell. He's in like he's in character. He does that, not on camera. Like he does he does he that, is like that. He, my dad is almost like he's half in character half the time. And then he's also just like not. It's not like he's a different person, but like he does play up or he'll if I'm sitting on the sofa watching TV, he'll snuggle up and be like, hello, Luce, like, you know, what are you watching here? It'll just be stupid, like, be really stupid and silly. That's so He's so funny. weird. He's such a weirdo. But it's, he's really dry, though, because you wouldn't tell, like, he's not, yeah, like... He's super dry, yeah. He, yeah, you can't tell yeah. that he's acting. That's what I my think is really My dad was, like, funny. a football lad. Like, my dad's really... Okay, I'm bang on about my dad, but he was, like, a football lad and, like, went out for, like, had a season ticket and, like, you know, loved beers, blah, blah, blah. And then when he was, like, 55, he took early retirement and he has, like, changed as a person since not being at this really super high, stressful, high-powered job. And he's, like, so much more in touch with his, like, sensitive side. He's so, like, when I say goodbye to him after visiting him, he, like, he gets really emotional Aww. and, like, drops me off. He's such a sweetie. Um, but it's really nice watching, like, my dad go from this kind of more cold... Not mm. cold, it's not like he's ever been cold, but, like, work-orientated, l- like, laddie vibe to now being super sensitive older man so cute as well like the freedom of like when we talk about feminism like that's what men in a weird way he may have never felt like he could be who he really was because he was living up to this idea of like what it would be to be a man he had like he had to you know he had to he had 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 anxiety issues and he had to leave work and you know that was a huge thing for him because you know men men of a certain age like they don't they're not empowered to, to feel emotions like that but yeah he he loves he loves the, the attention now though. He That's so Instagram. cute. My story views like triple when I'm back home. People just love it because they love it. That's so funny. It's so good. It's like my mum always trying to get her to like start yeah. in. I always want her to do another podcast episode. She's like, no, I'm thinking oh, that was enough. Oh, and I'm like, mum, it's really good for I work. To that it it's had that. like the most listens yeah. out of any episode. I'm like, mum, it's really good for my income. <laughs> and she's like, no, I don't want to. No, okay. And I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. She was like, one time, honestly, it was way too much. She's never listened back. She doesn't. She never listened to the podcast. She's like, I don't think I can get it on my phone. (laughs) I love that so much. I love parents that are just unbothered. She just doesn't really know what I do, but she also, like, loves it. Yeah. Like, she's obsessed with it. Like, she loves Instagram. She'll probably, like, tell her friends, like... Yeah, but she, 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 like, doesn't... She's like, oh, she works so hard, but she has no idea what I'm doing. It's so funny. And also, when she comes around, like, she comes to save me in London, she's like, she go for brunch. I'm like, I'm working. She's like, no, you're not. And I'm like, no, I know I'm at home, but I'm... This, this is my job. Yeah, yeah. But we can't, I can't. I just have to like do the work on a Sunday. She comes <laughs> up on like a Tuesday. I'm like, right, that's it. We're off the day. It's so nice. Oh, I love that. She's so great though. Oh. It's really sad as well because she's quarantining at home in Somerset. She's like, should I just come up? I'm like, no, you stay there. You don't. That's move. like the perfect place to quarantine. I know. Though. She's sitting in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully she'll never get ill. Oh, God. Oh, right. Well, I hope we don't die. Anyway, <laughs> do you have any um, takeaways for people who, I guess, feel like they're not because I guess what we're talking about is like being in control of your life and feeling mm. like you can create the life that you want mm. I feel like we all on a day-to-day basis we have these like self-limiting thoughts and what I mean by that is for years I said I wasn't a gym person mm. now I've got this business which 
is around going to the gym, being a gym person. And with the self-employed thing, for ages I was resistant to being self-employed because I'm not, I don't want to rely on myself. I'm not a person that's self-employed and runs my business. And now I do. And I think if you have these thoughts in your head, even like we're talking about the podcast thing, I'm like shitting myself. And in my head, I'm like, I'm, it's not me, but I'm telling myself it is me. And I'm saying yeah. I'm doing it and I'm going to do it because of that. Like I just mentioned the app thing. I've not said that anywhere else, but I've just told you I'm doing an app. So I will have one next yeah. year. And it, obviously it. there's so much that goes into, you know, so much privilege that goes into being able to do, have these opportunities and do these things. But it starts with you telling yourself, I'm going to do it. And you said the same thing with the podcast. Yeah. You're like, or, or being a presenter. I'm a presenter. Yeah. And that for me has been so important in deciding who I am. When I go on dates and I'm dating, before my date, it sounds weird, but I go in and I just think like, I'm super confident and yeah. like, I'm super interesting. And especially the beginning bit, when you're single, you're like, oh, I have nothing to say. What do I say? You just go and be like, I have loads of things to say. I'm a super interesting person. And then you go in and you've got this great mindset. So it, yes. in all aspects, it's so important. And also, I know, I think you told me to read this, but in the Slum Plus book, I know she spoke about it, so I haven't read it, but she mm. said, like, if you go on a date, you've got to get, you've got to think, like, what are you doing to impress me? Whereas normally you go on a date and you think the whole time, like, I hope they're interested in me. Hope they're... Yes. Whereas what you should be doing, you should be, like, interviewing them. You should be like, why are they good enough? Because half the time, like, we yeah. would just want anyone to like us. So you'd get with something oh, even if yeah. they were shit. Yeah. Um, but also, I wanted to say something then about the... Oh, yeah, you were saying how, like, oh, it's so much privilege. It is privilege, but also people don't realise the same for both of us. But when you started your Tumblr, that would have been, like, mm. maybe almost 10 years ago, whenever mm. that was, that weird little thing that you started at that mm. time, which would have meant kind of nothing, you didn't really realise... That was the seed that you planted yeah. for you to have an app. So someone will come along and see you with an app and a yeah. book and a podcast and they'll be like, oh my God, well, she's so successful. And it's like, yeah. but you're only, that's taken 10 years. Mm-hmm. I think people forget, like, you've got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Nothing is born same, out of. Same with relationships and friendships. Yeah. People, like, you know, when I was a teenager, oh my God, I dated the worst guys and I'd get cheated on all the time. And people are like, how do you, be, also, how are you so confident, like, dating or being single or whatever? And it's like, because I've gone through it and, like, you teach yourself along the way. Yeah. You know, I was I used to be so insecure and I'd never trust my boyfriends and I'd go through their photos and I'd do all the like oh, yeah, I've done weird, that. like really bad shit. But it's because you're traumatized, like it's like you've yeah. been I know. I I had so many toxic relationships and then you like carry it into the next one. This is the most normal relationship. I remember I've ever I, had. I remember the, when I first followed you, it's because you did that massive post. With, with the, with the makeup. Yeah. That was that so was when funny. I first found your profile. I remember <laughs> that. Got, got like viral. But also that's so interesting because I would never do that now. But I remember <laughs> at the time my sister said to me, she was like the best thing you could do is just fucking paste it on Instagram. I loved it. I loved it. And I remember it a whole long time. And then I had to No do one it. does that, really, though. No, I would never like, do that. No, no but, but I mean, like, at the time, I I loved reading it because I was like, oh, my God, I fucking relate to this. Yeah. And I love that she just put it on Instagram. That is so great. Because I was I so it. angry and I was like, I don't know what to tell. I was like, I felt so humiliation. I was like, what's mm. the best way to, like, humiliate someone? And it was also all about, like, girl, how we can do it. But then I ended up freaking getting with him for like, months <laughs> afterwards. Do, yeah. Like, I, like, like, couldn't leave. Like, couldn't escape. Yeah. Fucking not as mad. That is so funny. Like, now, if Matt and I break up, I think I'd just slowly stop and never post someone and just wait for someone to yeah, ask yeah. me and then I'd say. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Yeah. I announced, so with my ex, Dan, I lived, we, <laughs> we were secret for three years and then I announced it on Instagram. <laughs> oh three God, weeks before we broke up. And But obviously that was, I did that because I think in my head I was subconsciously like, oh, things aren't good. Yeah, so I'm maybe it was like a classic yeah. Instagram thing. I'll see if Maybe she didn't get engaged. Like that's what the oh, other God, alternative yeah. would have been. It's like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Or like decide to get pregnant or something. Yeah. You just put it on Instagram, which yeah. is way, <laughs> way better. I just archived the post. I was like, oh. but like yeah, you do. It's, it's, it's mad, it's mad. Yeah. 
Oh, amazing. Well, thank you so much for talking to me and having me to your flat. Thank you for I having it's me. It's been a really fab chat. Yeah. And I hope you guys enjoyed listening and I will see you next week. Bye. Bye.